Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. Thank you so kindly for being here the day after the day they call Thanksgiving. We all know what that represents, but let's keep the image up for the holidays. Let's just call it the holidays. Thank you so kindly for being here. I hope you enjoyed Turkey Day. I uh, had a socially, uh, as you guys know, um, I got back from D.C. with my daughter. My uh, wife now is back in D.C. with my daughter. She went through some issues over the weekend. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Uh, but I got to have a socially distanced uh, uh, Thanksgiving dinner. with It's was just four of us, family that we are close to, that always takes the COVID test. And we took, everybody was more than six feet apart, wearing masks, and went ahead and got, you know, food uh, the, the food that was set out, buffet style, mask on, take it out, stayed away from each other, ate, but had good conversation and all, and all of that. Um, j- just a note for all of those who uh, constantly, uh, that I've, you know, I, I tell my story mostly because, with my daughter, mostly because to give other people, let, let other people know that there are a lot of things happening in the world and let people not feel that uh, when, when, when things that are not the best happen to them, they not feel like they are alone. Why is this happening to me? Including when my daughter, when things happen to my daughter, I would say things like, "When she said, why, why me?" And I would say, "Why not you? Why me? Why not me?" You know, when I grew up, I had a, I have a metal rod on my spine, one foot long. I had scoliosis at the age of thirteen. I had to get a surgery on my back because I had a real bad form of scoliosis that they needed to crank my spine up, put, take some bones out of the hip, put in in there and tie it down. And so I have five vertebrae uh, that are fused into one. Why me? Why did I have to go to school like a mummy, a hard cast from right here in the neck all the way down to the waist? Why did I have to go through that? It happens. Uh, some of us go through life without having those issues. Some of us go through life having our own issues. The thing about it is we all have issues. And when we can understand that we all have issues, when we can understand that we are our brother's keepers, when we can understand that bad things are not the cause because of some devil or some God, but just the nature of living, when we can get that into our heads, I think we can be a whole lot more passionate, empathetic with others, right? So as you guys know, my daughter went through a stroke in January, and uh, she lost half her vision. She recovered most of it. And the great thing about it is she did very well. It took, I mean, she was able to stay in medical school and not lose much at all, two months. But with the slack time that they've had in there, she's still supposed to be able to graduate with her class. So that made all of us quite happy that she wasn't going to lose anything. Well, uh, when when uh, her stroke came about, um, the bleed in her, in, in her in her head was caused by something known as an AVM, and that AVM uh, it's a bunch of vessels that busted. It, well, one of them uh, bled in her head, and it could have been bad, but it what it didn't turn out as bad as it could be. But the AVM is a dangerous thing, which uh, it's in an inoperable place. But with new technology, the cyber knife, they were able to knock it down or start the process of knocking it down with radiation. And that is what they did 
in her brain. We were happy that uh, she didn't seem to have very just minor, minor, minor left side issues. But they did tell her that the possibility exists that as that thing collapsed, that she could get a little bit, she could get some issues. Well, the issue started three weeks ago. And I had her on the show a couple of times talking because I always like to keep the spirit of my daughter up. She's strong. She's a very happy-go-lucky young lady. She's a very she's she's just a great daughter. And uh, so over the last three weeks, she started to have more and more effects, uh, left side effects, till she lost the use of her hands. And when she started to lose it, that's when I went over there. I told you guys the story, and that's why I was broadcasting from D.C. I went out there, took care of her, made sure that she could, uh, you know, helped her out a whole lot in, in D.C. She didn't want to go and do anything since it's something that she expected to happen and thought it would be... It would, it would get better. Thank you for uh, the kudos, Brige. And um, so anyhow, uh, I came back. My wife went out there. Uh, we, we enter on Saturday. My wife came. I left on Sunday because, you know, I have to come back here and do quite a bit of work. And um, o- over, my wife took her to see the, neuroser- the, the neurologist. And the neurologist said, you know what? We better go ahead and go to the emergency room, given that, uh, you know, you haven't recovered from the the use of your hands and that sort of thing. They went there. They did all the scans of her head. They did the scan, the MRI, CAT scans, all that good stuff. And they found out that, in fact, the surgery that they had, the radio surgery that they had, seemed to be holding. But what they expected, and that is the body starts to to kind of, you get edemas when when you mess with the brain and you scar the brain, that sort of stuff. And that's what started to happen to build up pressure, which actually caused her uh, caused her left side to start to go go weak and and limp. Well, it turns out that they gave her steroids now, and she's already started to see some improvements on her leg. We hope it comes to her hands and a little droop in her face that will all get better, as is the expectation of the neurologist and everybody else. So, all of that's working fine. Well, I'm bringing that up for two reasons again. One is to let people know, let people have a positive thought. Always be thinking positive of your situation and and fighting with your situation and making sure that things, you know, you know, things can get better. But secondly, I'm going to piggyback this onto um, uh, later later in the show when I talk about uh, Richard Schiff, who is uh, who had who got COVID in Canada and has an exposure to the Canadian system, and something that we should all be continuously fighting about going forward. Because illnesses is something we cannot run from. We cannot run from being sick. We cannot run from all these things that are going to happen to us. And when we are in a system where the only thing that matters is profit, and that we won't heal you unless there is somehow somebody can make some money, out uh, some a profit, out of having healed you, that presents a uh, a very, very interesting system. Welcome aboard, Neil Leon. Welcome aboard, Nanette Bird-Smith. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. If I missed you, forgive me. Mark Smith, welcome aboard. So, what is the program going to be about today? I just, I just needed to bring that up because... My daughter spent one day in the hospital on, on the day before Thanksgiving. She went into the hospital. They kept her. And on Thanksgiving Day, uh, they released her after they gave her the steroids and, made, and gave her a full checkup. And then uh, she called my wife and said, Ma, I want my Thanksgiving dinner. To which her mother obliged. 
and started cooking until she called and said, Mom, come and pick me up now. <laughs> so they had their Thanksgiving dinner in Washington, D.C. Anyhow, what is the program about today? What is the program about today? Here we go. Title of the show today is, and that is, if I can get to it, Joe Scarborough Scorches GOP, COVID Afflicted Star Loves Canada's Medicare for All, and more. Joe Scarborough stumbles onto some truths. West Wing Star tells the truth about Canada's Medicare for All. And folks, Americans are suffering. Let me repeat. Americans are suffering. We are suffering. The thing about America is America suffers in silence most of the times. Most of the time, somebody doesn't go out on, on a radio show or on a TV show uh, to just talk about how uh, their condition is. They just sit back and let the condition be. You have folks that sit down and cut their pills in half because they know they can't get, as if half is going to solve the problem, right? America, uh, this disparity that we have in here is causing a whole lot of pain a whole lot of debts, and unfortunately, very much, many times, uncovered. Luckily, at MSNBC, a lot of the younger reporters, a lot of the younger reporters are doing a really good job in putting a lot of this information out. But I want to start with Joe Scarborough. So let's go ahead and start there, and then we'll move on. I don't always agree with Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough is a conservative. He's full cadre of conservative ideas. But you know, sometimes, every so often, he hits the nail on the head. And I cannot find something in this particular retort that I can disagree with. I want you to listen to this. And I think it is something that we ought to heed. Check this out, and then let's take it on the other side. What I'm concerned about is what we saw today, what we're going to see over the next few months. And most uh, disturbingly is what you were talking about. Friends of yours and mine that I would see inside of the Bush White House. I won't even say their names because they're not worthy of having their names repeated. But so many friends that I worked with, guys that I, I was locked inside of a room with when we were launching a coup against Newt Gingrich because, get this, he wasn't conservative enough. These are the same people now who are turning a blind eye to Donald Trump not recognizing the incoming president of the United States, trying to overturn 80 million votes, uh, turning a blind eye to the last two weeks of the campaign when Donald Trump was pressuring his attorney general to arrest his political opponent. What does February 1st look like for the Republicans who stood by Donald Trump's foreign policy and national security? It's hard to say. I'm shocked it's over 70 million people voted for Donald Trump. I'm shocked that people that sucked up to Donald Trump over the past four years uh, were rewarded at the ballot box. I'm shocked that my home state of Florida went as strongly for Donald Trump as it did. But the thing is, it's so fascinating Nicole, and I know you hear the same thing as well. People come up and say, oh, I liked you when you were a conservative. No, I, I'm a conservative. I believe in the same things that I believe. I look forward to the days, for instance, uh, when John Brennan and I can have debates about what happened after September 11th. He and I disagreed strongly on what the CIA was doing and the CIA's program and the intense enhanced ter uh, interrogation techniques or torture. Those were heated debates. Those were 
important debates, the debates on what we do with our budget, how we save entitlement programs. Those are within the lines. Like, I, I have great respect for Director Brennan uh, and his views. I know he has respect for the process where we could debate these things, and we did debate these things aggressively. All of us did. But, Nicole, we're at a point now where I just I look at Director Brennan and I look at other people who I may have disagreed with on policies throughout my life, and I thank God that there are enough people who believe in the things that we all grew up believing in about constitutional norms, about political norms, about what this country stands for, that we were able to come together and talk about this and find common ground. And what I don't understand, Nicole, is why the hell the people you and I grew up with, you and I worked with, you and I campaigned with, I don't know how they lost their way, how they turned their backs on constitutional norms and embraced an autocrat, a, an autocrat wannabe, this former reality TV show host who really has caused great damage to this republic, not only domestically, but internationally as well. When a conservative like Joe Scarborough makes that much sense to progressives based on ideology, it should say something. Now, uh, Donald Trump most definitely has caused not only harm internationally and nationally on a policy basis, but the worst part about it is this man has caused lives. And even as he leaves, the, what he's put into the psyche of so many Americans is going to be so damaging not only to their personal health, their personal economies, but it's going to be damaging to the entire strata of this country. We have a lot of work to do. And we have to start the work now. I just want to make one particular thing. Let's be in the process of this transition, in the process of moving to what America is supposed to be. Let's be somewhat uh, empathetic to those who fell for the those who fell for the trap, those who fell for the con. We didn't. Many did. We didn't. Many did. What is so interesting is that um, I wrote a, a blog post that corresponded to that clip that I just did there. And a lot of folks wrote back and said, I pretty much want to say to hell with all of those people who pretty much uh, adapted, adopted Trump. To hell with those people who decided to believe Trump. And, you know, I, you, know you, you want to get upset, right? You really, really, really want to get upset because it's like, how could you guys possibly fall for that crap? How can you guys see 200 and, over 260,000 uh, dead Americans and still believe somehow that this is, not, that this is real, is not real? How can, you, how can you see that? How can you so fool yourself, right? And, you know, that even gives me more... Uh, that even makes, believe it or not, while to some that just makes them, uh, those guys are just terrible, it makes me even more empathetic because it's a psychological issue, right? It's an indoctrinative psychological issue that uh, that somehow has to, that one has to get over by building trust with these different communities. I mean, it's easy, the easy answer is to say these people are just stupid, the easy answer is to say these people are delusional. They cannot see what's really happening. That is the easy answer, right? But when you grow up in a family, and when you're in that family, and you know better, and a, and a few, just a few in your family, have the same behavior that you think is so crazy, so uh, unintelligent, so, I mean, that it, it, it gives you pause,
And then it gives you a chance to sit back and say, you know what? If I saw a person with mental problems, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't abuse that. I wouldn't. I would treat that person with the care that, uh, that humanity tells me I should treat that person as opposed to just the, the, the people that I, have the, that I have my wrath held out for is for the president because he knows better. It's for the sycophants like Atlas who are pushing all the bad stuff and convincing these people based on those people's preconceived notions of things or based on the, 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 what these people would like to believe and grab on to what's there. Those are the people that I blame. Those are the people that I hold the most wrath for. And I think if we can get there and open up a little bit more, it would be, we could make a hell of a lot more difference. Now, uh, I was happy to see, I was happy to see that um, this doctor really pushed back on the president's advice, Thanksgiving advice. So I did a little piece on that. I didn't play it yesterday, so let me go ahead and play it today. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. Have a great Turkey Day as we're all going to enjoy, if ever so small, a turkey dinner. But, you know, please be safe and listen to those who really care about you. But in the interim, please make sure, for all of those as you go around the dinner table today, remind your folks of the reality of the type of president that we have currently that is doing a lot of misleading and in the short time that he has could create a whole lot more damage. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. A sacrifice now could save lives and illness and make the future much brighter as we get through this. Seems the White House didn't get that message, though. This afternoon, President Trump released his annual Thanksgiving proclamation. We read it, talked about it just a short time ago. This is what the last line says, quote, I encourage all Americans to gather in homes and places of worship to offer a prayer of thanks to God for our many blessings. And Dr. Phillips, that message from the president calling on Americans to gather. I'm not talking about places of worship. Churches are one thing and have their own separate set of issues that we've been dealing with for months, but calling on people to gather in homes, which is the opposite of what Dr. Anthony Fauci and the CDC have been saying. They're saying, don't, don't do it. Stay with your insular family. Don't gather. For the president to say that in a statement today, what do you make of it? It's hard to find the words. It's just another example of the absolute abject failure of leadership that this president has displayed throughout this pandemic. And as a medical professional, as an emergency physician who's on the front lines every day over the last two weeks has seen more and more COVID in our emergency departments, it's a slap in the face. How dare him in that same statement um, give credit and, and say thanks to the doctors and nurses who have been working tirelessly over the last nine months to try to save lives. And then at the very end to just make a, a statement that flies in the face of science and medicine and tell people the exact opposite of what everybody with a qualifying degree in education has been saying for the last few months to stay home, not gather. And it's the only way we're going to flatten the curve and save lives. People are going to die because they are choosing to go home for Thanksgiving. And that's insane to me. And if we'd have had proper messaging from the top from the very beginning, more lives would have been saved. So folks, please, Listen to the professionals. If you're already with your family, please be careful. Please wear your mask where appropriate. Please keep safe distancing. Please also remember, 
uh, don't breathe on each other. Stay away from each other even as you congregate separately. But it's important. Uh, we have just a little bit more time left with this wrecking ball that we have here. This person who I think should rightfully be accused of involuntary manslaughter for taking advantage of those who decided to put their trust in him. But it's almost over. It's almost over. And we can make amends and we can bring everybody else into the fold, however slowly. So enjoy your turkey day. Enjoy your food. But please, going forward, listen to that which will save your life and the lives of others. Um, now, lived it. Uh, let me just say something. Livditch says, Egberto, did you see Biden suggest placing Trump supporters in his administration? Exactly why even liberals have issues with Democrats. Let me, let me qualify that first of all. As you know, uh, Biden is, was not my choice at all. I voted for Biden because he was the better choice. Uh, he's a centrist. I am not a centrist at all. I think centrist is a, another form of just slow killing. Just, I mean, uh, that's just an extreme statement I made, but that's what I, you know what I'm saying. But here's the deal. I, if he is going to put a Trump supporter, or rather, I would, I will absolutely not support Biden putting a Trump supporter, a leader in the Trump in the Trump's movement, in office. And let me qualify this: I absolutely believe that we we should have, we should share, right? We should not only share, but we can lead by we can lead by example. But you don't lead by stupidity. Stupidity would be to put a Trump-supporting leader in your administration because that would be like infecting your administration with a cancer. What am I saying? I'm not talking about, my, about Trump supporters. I'm not talking about my relatives that are Trump supporters who just don't know better. I'm not talking about my friends around here that are Trump supporters who are really uh, indoctrinated by the fallacy of the ideology of the statements. That's not what I'm talking about. The leadership of the Trumpist movement, they know exactly what they're doing. It is psychological warfare. They know exactly what they are doing. They know all the buttons to push to get the reaction that they get out of those who support the evils of Trump. They understand it. So it is always love for the Trump support, I mean for the Trump supporters that are not leaders, it's love for those people. It is empathy for those people. It is wrath for the leadership in the Trump movement. Those who are leaders in the Trump movement know exactly what they are doing and they should never ever step foot in a Trump in a Biden administration because what that becomes is a metastasizing cancer. So that's where I stand brother brother lived it. Now there are Republicans who I don't agree with at all, that I think helped with the movement to win this election. Could progressives have done it alone? Not when you have centrist Democrats that are more in line with moderate Republicans. So we did get some help from moderate Republicans to win this race. In fact, the next video that I'm going to show you, Joe Scarborough hit on a little something that, 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 I'm, that explains what I'm saying here. So in short, absolutely, absolutely no 
Trump uh, Trumpist leader in the Biden administration. Zero. Zilch. It's a metastasizing cancer. But Republicans, good Republicans that supported Biden, that helped the cause, uh, we can find positions where they can be of no damage to the, uh, to the policies. And not only that they can't be any damage to the policies, but that we use their thoughts we also use what they believe. We, we, we don't just shut them out like they want to shut us out. We take whatever good they have to offer to, to make a good policy. And not only that, for where they may think part of our policy offends, if we can use them to mitigate that and make it more palatable, I am all for that. That is true bipartisanship where you have a winner, a loser, but you still take into consideration the thought process to make everybody feel like they are stakeholders in the democracy. So, no to Trumpist leaders, yes to a few Republicans, and every administration has had, Republican administrations have had Democrats in it, Democratic administrations has had Republicans in it, but good ones of each side, not Trumpist. Trumpist, Trump is an evil character, Trumpism is an evil ideology, and what we have to be working on is for those who are misled by it to have empathy with them, but for the leadership to crush them. And that's what I mean. The leadership of the Trumpist movement must be crushed. Okay, let's move on to the next video. And this one is the one I told you about, Scarborough, and, and talking about how uh, Biden won some of the help that Biden got. So let's check this out. Every so often, Joe Scarborough kind of stumbles onto an inconvenient truth. And though some may not agree, I want you to listen to all that he has to say here, and then I want to say a couple of things about it. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Whether you like Susan Collins mm -hmm. or not, the people of Maine elected her by nine percentage points. They voted for Joe Biden by nine percentage points. They gave Republicans, I don't know how they gave Kevin McCarthy's uh, house more seats, but they did. They wanted to check Democrats and they wanted Joe Biden in the White House to check Republicans. So I have confidence that you know, there are still some people in the middle uh, who will work with Joe Biden, whether it's Susan Collins or whether it's Lisa Murkowski or whether it's Mitt Romney on the Republican side, whether it's Joe Manchin, Mark Kelly, uh, Governor Hickenlooper on the Democratic side. Uh, I believe there's six, seven, eight people of goodwill uh, that will work with Joe Biden and will actually forge a consensus so we can finally get things done in Washington. It's been a very very long time since we've had regular order and have been able to pass bills domestically that actually could move this country forward into the 21st century. We are we are stuck in this this partisanship and we have to move forward and do it. And I think Joe Biden may be the perfect man for the perfect time to work with Republicans and Democrats alike. Okay, first thing, when Joe Scarborough says, oh, uh, I don't know how 
more uh, Repu- the, the people gave Republicans more seats in the House. Well, that, of course, is caused by gerrymandering. And if you got a larger percentage of Republicans that, that came out than we expected, of course, a lot of those seats compared to uh, 2018 were going to flip again. And that is simply because of uh, how the states are gerrymandered. And in a case where you have Republicans with more states, those changes occur more often in those particular states. Now, when it comes to uh, uh, how a lot of people voted, he's right. A lot of people voted for uh, the senator from Rhode Island, but at the same time, they went ahead and, uh, and, and, and uh, supported Donald Trump. So they supported a Republican senator and then immediately voted for Donald Trump so, I mean, and, and disregarded Donald Trump, denounced Donald Trump. Uh, the, the truth of the matter is um, a lot of people did that split voting because he was so obnoxious to them. So he actually reached that particular point that caused that. Now, when it comes to bipartisanship, uh, bipartisanship is okay if it's real. In other words, I want Medicare for all that covers everything. If I'm the president and I won and you don't believe in Medicare for all, then we can compromise as far as, okay, we'll have Medicare for all, but we may have some stipulations that for people who absolutely want to be, you know, there, there are some negotiations on the side that could occur there. It's called bipartisanship. But that's not what these people mean when they talk about bipartisanship. What they mean is capitulation. They mean capitulation to the, to the positions that, of the right. And whenever you get a bipartisan agreement, it's generally in that direction. We're moving to the right. We're not trying to find common ground. You take a look at how Obamacare was put together. It's the same kinds of things that have occurred continuously. They were constantly moving to the right to simply attain nothing. So bipartisanship, you can try it, but we should not count on bipartisanship. To believe that uh, Biden will be able to convince Mitch McConnell, if he remains the speaker, the, the uh, majority leader, to do anything, it's uh, wishful thinking. What we have to do going forward is figure out strategies, first of all, to win those two uh, Senate seats in Georgia. And if we don't, what strategies we are going to use to force the hands of Mitch McConnell? What kind of, uh, what kind of pain will make him feel if he doesn't come to the table and cooperate. And that is what we have to be sure of. Anyhow, folks, before I, I go to my little, my, where I ask you to subscribe, I want to answer something from one of our, 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 one of our preferred trolls here. Um, uh, you Ain't Black, which is, it's, I think is also, um, <laughs> who is also a Tank 28, if I'm not mistaken. He said, um, and, and the reason I'm answering this is that I just want to put this out there for people to understand. He says, everybody say it with me. Obama is from Kenya. Okay. These same people who believe and say that Obama's mother is the white woman from Kansas. She's an American, born Kansas woman. It didn't matter. Let's, let's assume. Let's, let's assume. It's not true. Obama was born in Hawaii. But let's assume Obama was born in Kenya. Anybody who understands how our constitution works and how it's been interpreted for a long time would understand that the mere fact that he, his mother is American, he's a natural-born citizen as far as the constitution is concerned, and it didn't matter if he was born in Kenya, Indonesia, or the United States of America, it means that he still is an, a born American citizen. He was born an American citizen. Not necessarily born on the land of America, 
but born of an American citizen, he's an American citizen. Uh, not only was Ted Cruz born in Canada, as Bridge MCP just said, but, uh, but, uh, but McCain was born in my country, in Panama. John McCain was born in the same hospital I was born in. It's called Cocosolo. Look it up. John McCain was. And how did, how did that happen? Because he was a, his father was a military guy serving in Panama. Uh, the, the canal zone in Panama, and it so happened that uh, given that uh, my, my Panamanian father worked for the American government, we were able to use the same hospital, Coco Solo, where I was born. So again, we were born in, and, and the canal zone was absolutely never a territory of the United States. It was rented by the United States to, uh, to protect this quote-unquote to protect the canal. Uh, let's let's always understand history. Okay, folks, before we uh, before we continue, I want to remind all of you that uh, Politics Done Right doesn't need your support. And uh, if you are on YouTube right now, I want to kindly ask you to click that join button and become a member now. Become a part of our posse now. It would be great if it if you became a posse. You would help us. It's very inexpensive. And what you say is, we enjoy and we want you to do the keep putting the word out there. And it's not only this program that we do. We also blog several blogs a day. We, we put the progressive message into the entire progressives, not the entire internet sphere. The more people we have putting out well done progressive messaging, when people on the internet do searches and they look for certain materials, if our material comes up as well, it will be a it not will be it is a backstop to a lot of crap that the right puts out whether they are writing it in 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 document forms in Russia or document forms wherever. That is why we need to keep doing what we do. We put a lot of material out there to counteract what's being placed out there by the right. That's our job. So please uh, consider being a part of our YouTube posse by clicking on that join button now. Become a part of the posse. If you do that right now and it pops up on the screen, I'll give you your acknowledgement right away. If you are not on YouTube right now but would like to become a part of our posse, please go ahead and just put the link in there. It's called politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. And if you're on Facebook Live or you're on Twitch Live or on your Periscope Live, you can click on that to also become a part of our posse. We do need your support. Uh, now, alternative da posse, go Bridge MCP. There you go. Bridge is one of our first posse members uh, earlier, early as we, we just started this last month or two, and Bridge was one of our first posse members. So thank you so kindly, Bridge, for being posse uh, member, and we have a few others in here as well. You can also become a patron. To become a patron, just go to politicsdoneright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsunright.com slash Patreon. Willies silly, posse willies sillies. I like that too. I like that too. And you can support us via PayPal, and that is politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Now, as you see on the screen, you can see my book. Uh, it's one of the uh, three books that I have on Amazon right now. It's called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Please go ahead and you can get that book at Amazon. I'm, I've just put the link in there as well. 
But guess what? If you want an autographed copy of the book along with a bumper sticker, get it directly from us at our store. And here's our store, politicsunright.com slash store, politicsunright.com slash store. I'll autograph that, put the puts a, a couple of stuff in, the, in there as well, and send it off to you as well. So I gave you the store where you can purchase that if you want to. Anyhow, did I forget anything? I think I got everything. Oh, uh, since it's around Christmas time, uh, you can support our GoFundMe, our equipment GoFundMe. We think things are going to be better in the second half of next year, and which means in the second half of next year, we are going to be going back into the field. So we are going to need some more equipment. So if you want to support our GoFundMe page, it's politicsdoneright.com slash GoFundMe, politicsdoneright.com slash GoFundMe. The, the part, pieces of equipment that I want to uh, get is uh, the particular backpack that has all the, the, the transmission equipment in there with the cellular stuff. And I want to have all of that for when we go out there. And later on, I, I have a dream. I have a dream. Like I tell people, I want people to be united, whether you're a Trumpist or otherwise. I'm not talking about leaders. I have had it with leaders. The leaders are the one that's corrupting the system. I want to go out there and navigate through many little towns and, and just go out there and talk to people. Let people know that, the, that what they think of progressives in these areas is nothing but a caricature that's not real. And every time I've done that on a per-person basis, I've had anywhere from an 80 to 90% success rate. I'm not changing anybody's ideology per se. I'm just talking to people to let them know it's okay to talk. Anyway, let's continue. We are Americans, Americans suffer in silence. And my concern was that the people that you see on TV, in the ads and all of that, everybody's having fun. Things are great. Even when you're buying cancer drugs, everybody has a smile on. You know? Uh, think about it. So, I want you to, let's see, Reed says, product, the missus won't like it. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, which one won't like what? What did I say that, that missus won't like? Oh, you mean going around the country? Yes, she won't. Well, you know, when I actually British MCP, when I when I um I was going to uh, talk to a militia group, she put her foot down bad. I was actually going to go with the militia group and have some conversation with interviews and all of that. She wouldn't let me do it, man. I re yeah, I know. I really tried to do it, Bridge. I wanted to talk to the militia group, and I think it would have been okay. I honestly think it would have been okay because even those pe a lot of those people are that crazy. They're really not. I mean, I, when you get these people aside, it's, it's just amazing. Anyhow, like I said, people suffer in silence in this country. And I don't want that to go unheard. I don't want that to go unheard. So anytime I see stories that's done on, let's say, MSNBC or CBS, NBC or whatever – that shows the real pain that many are going through that really represents hundreds of thousands of people. I like to put it out there. So check this one out by Katie Turr. I love what Katie Turr has been doing lately. She does a whole lot of these and she, she puts a whole lot of the truth meter into it. Check this out. You know Thanksgiving is dramatically different this year. It is different for you. It's different for everyone. But for millions of, America, of Americans, it's not just different because of the smaller gatherings. It is the crisis of where their next paycheck is going to come from, how they're going to pay their bills, buy medicine, put food on the table. They're looking for help. But Washington isn't offering any. The U.S. Senate left for vacation a day early without passing a shred of financial relief, leaving struggling Americans once again in the lurch. 
With me now is Brittany Riley and Peter Golombuski. They have three children and are both flight attendants on furlough from United Airlines. Brittany, you were on um, in October on MSNBC and you were talking about how you were one week into your furlough. And back then you were asking for Congress to step in and help. It's now a day before Thanksgiving, over a month later. How are you doing right now? How are you making it making it out? We are just devastated. Uh, I know we've said that before, um, but right now we're feeling a lot of hopelessness. Um, we feel like our government has completely given up on what's really going on in our country and how many people are struggling. It's not just our family. It's, it's not just flight attendants. It's the whole system. I mean, they're gate agents, mechanics, pilots, there are other flight attendants who are, don't even know how they're going to make their next mortgage payment. Um, I know of a flight attendant who is New York based. She just had a baby three weeks ago. She's been pregnant through this whole uh, pandemic. And, and now she doesn't even know if she can afford to keep herself or her newborn child with health insurance. I mean, COBRA, for those of us who are you know involuntary furloughed, um, like my husband here, um, we'll kick it in January if there's no relief in sight. And COBRA is expensive. And right now we are barely yeah. making ends meet. This is just, it's just tragic. Peter, when you see that, that the Senate has gone on holiday a day early, what goes through your mind? Oh, it's a lot of confusion. It's just, I feel like they're out of touch. You know, we're supposed to be electing these officials to speak for us as a community and they're completely out of touch with everybody. They've lost sight of what's important, what matters. And I, I don't know what's it, what it's going to take for them to see what's going on. I mean, you know, you just showed pictures of the food bank lines and, you know, it's something people are struggling with daily and they just seem to ignore it. And it, they just don't seem like they have compassion for us. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. I forgot this one I'm doing completely live, so I forgot to <laughs> click the right button. Anyhow, Nanette Bird-Smith, thank you so kindly for just becoming a, a patron. Uh, uh, wonderful. Love you very much. Uh, please uh, note that uh, as, as, a, as a patron, you can read all of our books uh, online. I think there are four of them online that you can read right now. Uh, at, if you go to politicsunright.com slash uh, my dash books, you can see all the, uh, you can read all those books online right now. So um, thank you so kindly for becoming a patron. Um, let's see uh, who else that I need to talk to right now. Oh, let me just uh, say, since, since you just became a patron, I'm going to put that link on again in case others want to follow suit. Look, that is what we have to do in this, in, in, in this, uh, when you're doing this kind of a work, that is, you know, uh, you know, when you work for Exxon or whatever, Exxon is guaranteed to say, you are going to make X amount. Thank you, Nanette. Thank you very much. Exxon is going to go ahead and say, um, well, you have a particular salary that you can take care of everything. And we make sure and get the money from the gas that we sell, all that good stuff. When we're doing this kind of work, we, it is a voluntary thing that we ask of people to really support us doing what we're doing. And I'll be honest with you. I love doing this. I love making a difference. I think it is so important. And what is important to notice when I say I love making a difference, it's when I say I love making a difference, it's really we 
are making the difference. Because by me having you uh, not only supporting us, but sharing all these things around, it is our posse in our little area. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand how powerful that is. I showed at um, at, at coffee party one time, I was, I was explaining to a, a group of our other board of directors how powerful social media was and how powerful these other platforms were to actually show and make a difference. And what that was is that um, you may see at any one time, 20, 30, 40, 50, sometimes if you're on, on these smaller networks, 100 people, but by the end of the by the end of the time, you'll have five thousand people who have seen your particular thing, right? The difference that the reason that is occurring because of you, you watching, you sharing, and you're doing all these things, and by having you, the PDR posse, I like that too, Bridge. God, Bridge, you gonna make it complicated for me, but by us doing all of this together. You are really, and this is not just saying this, you are really a part of getting this message out. Oh, thank you so kindly, Dr. Roberta Schechter. She says, I'm buying your books and passing them on to others, my friends, families, and grandchildren internationally and home. Thank you so kindly for doing that. I really do appreciate that. But like, like I keep saying, with all your support, it is you all who are doing this. We, we. Right, And what I tell others as well is if you have something to say, I want you to say it here. But if you also want to, cre- if, if you want to spend the time in a platform and do it, I also want to help you to develop your platform if you want. Because that is when we have these intersectionalities. You know, a lot of people always think about me, 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 me. Let me just, I, I won't name names. But we've set up about from starting from politics done right. And some people may come on here and just tell you, hey, yeah, we got started here. Um, we work with others and they've gone off and done their platforms. And a few of them have done a hell of a lot better than I have. And the reason why is, one, they're, they're, they, they, they're, the, the, the topics that they wanted to cover is a bit more exciting. You know, not everybody loves politics. And also... They were better looking, man. You know, I mean, this this young woman. I when she interviewed here, I said, "Man, you are good. You should actually have your own show and all of that." And and she said, "Really?" And then she went and she spoke to her mother, and her mother said, "Her mother called me. Do you really think my daughter have it?" I'm like, "Yeah, your daughter's a star. Your daughter really can go out there and do it." And I I told her mother, and you know what? She would actually get a hell of a lot more views than I would. And she said, really? Do you really think so? And she did it, you know, and she did it. Now, it's a lot of work. So she didn't, she didn't stay with it. Uh, but while she was doing it, she was doing very, very well, you know. But again, this is a lot of work. You know, 16 hours a day without having all the support, it's a hell of a lot of work. But anyhow, any, 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 anyway, it, it, it should be posse if we want to be accurate. Okay, okay. Perfecto. All right, let's do the last video. And uh, you know, I am. Uh, we just spoke about those two, those two young people who came on and said they were airline uh, workers. They are on furlough. Their insurance is up on in December, which means in January they are going to be. Uh, they are going to be. What's the word again? 
They're going to have to go to Cobra, which is very expensive, very expensive health insurance. Why? At the time that they are losing their job, their health care price goes up. There's something inhumane about that. I want you guys to think about that. The way our system works, if you lose your job and your company is no longer paying for your health care, right? You are now responsible for a higher bill than when you had money, when you had a job. We are so trastornados. We are so, we are so, I don't even have the word here. It's so evil that I don't understand. But anyway, I want to put another link in here. You know those people that are having a hard time? I found this link, and I meant to share it before, and I'm going to put this on the screen before I go to the last thing here, where, um, you know, a lot of people are going hungry now, folks. A lot of people are genuinely going hungry. There are people who says, I had a six-figure income, and now I am, after six months of not working, I'm in a food line. That is a, a, a link it's called www.feedinamerica.org. Find your local food bank. At that place, you can put your zip code in, and you can find out how you can be of assistance to your local area food bank. Please, please, please. You have canned food. You have whatever you can. Our brothers and sisters, many of them are suffering right now. They are genuinely suffering right now. So please consider going to that link that I just put and that, that page that I have on the screen as well. Please consider going there and, and helping, and helping. Um, you know, I have a, a whole lot of um, canned goods that, you know, we haven't used in a while. And I'm going to pack those up and, and find my area and, and go ahead and do that as well. Remember I said, if we're going to win this battle, if we're going to convince Congress to do what, we, what they ought to do, we're all going to have to work together. We're all going to have to work together. Let me play the last video, and then we'll close out the show after I acknowledge you all. Thank you again for always being here. Remember that drama series, The West Wing? I simply loved it. A progressive president in the White House going through all the tribulations that these presidents usually go through. It was a well-written series. But anyhow, um, Richard Schiff, uh, one of the stars of that show, got COVID-19 as he worked in Canada. And he then got immediate exposure to the Canadian healthcare system, Medicare for All in Canada. I thought uh, his little testimony, though, didn't go into a whole lot. The humanity in his statement just makes you wonder. Imagine if that is how we handled our health care in the United States, uh, how much better it would be for most people. Check this out. Richard, uh, what would you tell your friend Joe Biden about your experience in the Canadian health care system? And I know already <laughs> how, how much you love and how grateful you are to all those heroes who took care of you at Vancouver General. Yes, they, they're, they're great. They're, they're, they're loving on top of being caring and, and very efficient. Um, and they're a bit conservative. I got into some discussions with one of the doctors. Um, I had to fight to get remdesivir. Still don't know if that made a difference or not. I expect that it did. Um, and they're very uh, much uh, a part of uh, believe in the studies and in what percentages are good. They do not want to harm ever their patients. But the efficiency of the, of the hospital, the cleanliness, the food was good. Um, uh, uh, was fantastic and um, 
And the fact is that I come out of there without a, a, a catastrophic bill, without a debilitating um, financial burden. Uh, and it's the first time I realized how uh, wonderful that is. To, to get sick, to go to the hospital for five, six days, it's, it's a bill that in California would be hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And I don't know what kind of copay I would be responsible for. I don't know how much my insurance would have uh, covered or tried to wriggle out of. Um, and here there is no worry about that. And everyone is treated the same. And they treat, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a citizen of Canada. We have been working here for quite a few years on the good doctor, uh, infusing a lot of money into their system, no doubt. But they do not uh, uh, discriminate against people um, that are not citizens if they have COVID. They, they treat everyone, they treat them the same. They follow up. I'm going back to a clinic in a month to, for them to uh, check up on me. They've called me from the hospital. Uh, this is the kind of treatment. We now think about that, folks. Imagine that the peace of mind you have if you got COVID, if you got any sort of disease, and know that in the aggregate, that's the kind of care that you're, that that's key, that having healthcare as a right gives you. And you know what? It doesn't make you some communist country. And you know what? It doesn't make you some evil country. It just says, I care about humanity. I care about people. And then listen to the thing. that One of the th ways that we have used to put people against Medicare for All, a similar system to Canada or the other countries around the rest of the world, is to say, oh, you're going to take care of those aliens. Go ahead and get rid of those. You're going to include illegal aliens and we are going to have to pay for them. And what they don't tell you is around the world, Americans go ahead and use the healthcare system of all these countries that have a good social safety net where everybody is covered somehow and they get to use the the goodness of those systems. They get the, they, they pay the, the rates that the people over there are paying to use those systems because they never look at it as some some capitalist venture that uses healthcare as a way to enrich just a few. They think about there's humanity in healthcare. You don't have your health, you don't have your humanity. I mean, why is it that we have allowed the few? Why have we allowed an evil plutocracy? Why have we allowed those selfish people that, that, that are just greedy? to make us so, such a vile community when referencing healthcare or other issues that really is there to support us all. Why? These testimonies are important. As COVID takes over, as COVID gets deeper, as more people get COVID and start to have the pre-existing conditions from COVID, damaged lungs, damaged kidneys, damaged brains, strokes, all these other issues, yes, they are no longer on the dead man's list or the dead person's list. They are now just with a permanent chronic disease going forward, with a healthcare system that sucks, with a healthcare system that says, I will only help you when we know you're completely broken. We have already taken away all of your assets, everything that you own. It goes right back up the chain to the people who own the healthcare system, to the people who own all of this, to make you once again poor. Take everything that you have. Take everything that belongs to you. Because that is what we do. We eat, we eat, we eat to grow for a few. 
grow the wealth from a few by taking it from you. Thank you for that testimony. That is what more we need more of. People to tell Americans how things really are around the world where people have it much better than we do. Absolutely so well. Folks, welcome aboard. Lee Grant, welcome to Politics Done Right. Neil Leon, welcome. Uh, British MCP, of course. Welcome aboard. You ain't black. Welcome aboard. Of course, that's Tank 28 as well. Uh, let's see. Nanette Bird smith who became our, I think, uh, what is it, 135th uh, patron. Thank you so kindly. Uh, Nanette, uh, uh, Nanette Bird smith I got you. Uh, who else is here? I'm going to Dr. Roberta Schechter. Welcome aboard, Lee Grant, of course. Um, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. Uh, let's see. I have a headache, so sometimes the light gets to me. Uh, who else is here? There's a lot more that I that I saw up top. Okay, scrolling down, scrolling down. Uh, Mark Smith, welcome aboard. I've got Neil Leon already. Uh, lived it. How are you doing, my brother? Lived it. Welcome aboard. Uh, Danielle Ledeau, of course. Welcome aboard. Uh, who else is here? Uh, I'm going down, down, down. Well, anyway, folks, I want to thank you all for being here with me. I'm going to scroll down to the beginning to catch new messages to see if there's anybody. Norman Reynolds, still surviving. Welcome aboard, my brother. Hey, look, guys, uh, we got to get out of here, but um, I gave you that link. Let me give you that link again. I think I still have it up. Please go ahead and support your local food bank. This is how you find your local food bank. And if you, if, if you have the wherewithal to help, please do. If you don't, but you do need the help, go to the food bank. It's so, so important that we are our brother's keepers. And I want to also thank all of you that have sent me private messages uh, for the issues I've been going through with the health of my daughter. It's funny because I even got one today from an organization that said, hey, uh, we don't do insurance, but I know a, a very good neurosurgeon in Dallas. If your daughter can come to Dallas and her insurance covers her in Dallas, I have a friend that's a great neurosurgeon. And I have, it's like right now she's okay. It's a swelling issue, it seems like, and they're taking care of that. But I just so love you guys. When I say, when I say things like, we have to remember that we're a village. Hillary Clinton once said, it's a village. And she was ridiculed for it. But one feels so much safer. So much more protected. When one has their village. Uh, I have several villages. I'm thankful to have several villages. My blog readers, my village. My politics done right listeners, my village. My close-knit community here in Kingwood and Houston, my village. Uh, There's nothing like having a village. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!
spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.